Welcome to Mixtapes with Mike, the podcast where I invite a guest to make us a mixtape of 10 tracks without using the same artist twice. We're going to talk about each song, and if you like the sound of what you hear, you can listen to the mixtape in full by clicking the link in the show notes of this episode. It's that simple. So if you're the kind of person who'd like a new mixtape each Monday, you should probably subscribe to this podcast. But that's enough of the hard sell. Let's talk about music. This week's guest is a champion of all things DIY, both in music and in skateboarding. And although some would argue he should know better, he continues to participate in both, not because he's any good, but because he loves it so much. And that sentiment bleeds into everything he does, from fronting the local punk band to managing the skate shop that is the lifeblood of the Newport skateboard scene. This is Darren Ward, better known as Grim. How the devil are you, mate? Oh, good. Yes, Mike. How are you? I'm all right. Plodding on. Uh, hunkered down, as we've all been grounded. Been up too much? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just in case you're listening to this out of time, um, we are still at the tail end, it would seem, of the corona lockdown. So, um, <laughs> yeah, all right. If you're listening to this years from the Wales, we got another three weeks. Of course, yeah, because you guys are uh, are, are taking it seriously. <laughs> yeah, it's not the mega lols you think, mate. Honestly, like anyway, we... let's go down that route. <laughs> yeah, let's not get stuck into that. Yeah, that's like adult talk rubbish. Yeah. All right, so I know you through kind of through work because uh, you know, um I've, I've dealt with you as a customer like I, I i work for a footwear brand um and uh i've looked after your shop from time to time um yeah and so predominantly i know you through your your skate shop in newport yeah i like to think that we kept in contact after that role finished though as friends oh yeah absolutely it's like a like nothing Nothing really changes on that front. You're one of those guys that you can't help but like. Ooh, oh god, embarrassing. <laughs> Sorry, I don't. I couldn't tell you why. We'll end you. Now that's Newport. There you go. Um, <laughs> but uh, how how long? So your, your 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 skate shop is called Freestyle, and how long has it been going? So, um, good good timing on that one, actually. Um, the shop uh, uh, on the 24th of May will officially be 25 years old. Holy um, shit. No, right? I mean, I've worked there for longer, but I've owned it for... That'll be my 13th year of ownership. So I bought it off Ray um, 13 years ago at the end of May. Yeah, so kind of a, a, a big deal. And it's going to go off with a fart. <laughs> Because we're all going to be on lockdown. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. So we're going to have to postpone that party. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's got kind of a milestone. So it, it's had its ups and downs, as as you know, um, having to have dealt with me. Um, but it's <laughs> still a lot of fun, you know, bouncing on shit. We're still there. Well, it's, man, it's like, it's not easy. Like, if there's one thing I... I... Yeah, that's abundantly clear from my side of things uh, is that it's notoriously difficult to to make a business like that work because you know you're super 
sort of vulnerable to what the weather's doing. Um, there's, yeah. There's peaks and troughs to the trend of it all. Um, so to stick it out for as long as you have is just a testament to your enthusiasm for skateboarding generally. So. I do really enjoy it, I must admit. I mean, I've had my times where I've been moany, um, but no, still really enjoyed it. So it's great. And um, that's that's all because of our scene. Our scene is so strong. Um, we've got such a good bunch of boys and girls um, and others. <laughs> um, yes, but it's, it's amazing. Yeah, really, really, I still really enjoy it. Um, you know, like I say, I have my, I have my moments, but um, don't we all? Oh, exactly, mate. And have you found that the scenes kind of, kind of gathered round and sort of got behind the store? Ah, oh, so much. Honestly, I, I need to um, I need to put something out there about that actually because um, almost straight away people were like, oh, "Are you are you open online? Are you still open online? Are you still delivering?" And um, not just you know our scene is quite outstretched. You know, it, even though people move away, they're still part of the scene. Um, and people who have just come through and people that we've met, they're still part of the scene and um, they've really supported the shop, they've bought, bought things Yeah, because at the end of the day it doesn't matter how much we love our customers and, and we love their time and we love, love their personalities and we love seeing them without them we're not there it, it, they, they, you know, if they're not putting their hands in their pockets um, you know, we're, we're, we're just a room full of cool stuff but you like it, it it seems to me that any skate shop that's worth their salt that has put something into their scene is being looked after by their scene oh so much like oh uh, you yeah you you hit the nail on the head there definitely um they really looked after us they really have put their you know they really have put their hands in their pockets and and uh, almost straight away you know you know when people like your friends are buying stuff and you're like oh man they're buying this and i know they don't need it and you're almost like a little bit like coy about it and a little bit embarrassed but you know you, you you're happy happy that, that they are doing it nevertheless <laughs> yeah yeah definitely the two things i did was uh, i ordered a t-shirt from my local and then uh i just Do you don't mind me asking ideal uh, of course it is. Yeah, yeah good boys. Um, yeah, well worth supporting. Love them. Yeah. So, like, uh, and then the other thing I did was uh, I reached out to my tattoo guy, um, and I said, "Look, can I just put a deposit down for something in the future?" And really like, important. I like yeah. you. You are just like, dude. How are you gonna eat? Is like, I'm like, well, yeah, but I was just like, look, doesn't matter. And you know, whenever it happens, it happens. But look, just I'll put something down. Uh, gives me something to look forward to as well you know yeah of course yeah and um yeah venues is the other one and places dishing out food stuff yeah definitely so i think that's probably one of the positives that have come out of this is like you know it's kind of it's given it's given a lot of people an opportunity to be a good person and be charitable you know and get behind the stuff that really matters to them you know yeah Gotta love them. Yes, but you're a you you're a musician as well. You know, you you've been in. Well, you say musician. I mean, I mean, I'm the singer in the band. Uh, inverted commas. <laughs> um, Open brackets, dickhead at the front. Close brackets. Yeah, literally, like 
I've always seen myself as being an entertainer above a singer. Um, who was that? I can't remember. I think it was the lead singer of Malloy. He said, he was like, oh my God, you were the best, worst band that I have ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, thanks. <laughs> I remember playing with a straight edge band once as well. And, um, and they were like, <laughs> and, and, and we had to put down our set times and um, we were drunk before the, uh, before the sound check. And um, they were there like looking at us. They were really nice guys and they took it really well. Um, it was um, a birthday, a birthday gig. And these guys were like, oh, um, yeah, we, we do like 20 minutes. And I was like, amateurs, put us down for 45 minutes and we'll see how we go. <laughs> <laughs> I've been known to panic drink before a show. I'm like, oh my God, I am not drunk enough to do this. Sorry, you got the edge off. Yeah. Yeah. I've, been, I've played a couple of sober shows actually. One, um, one was awesome. It was uh, the DLH Fun Day okay. and uh, turned into one of the cutest moments of my life. Um, we were playing Beat on the Brat um, by the Ramones. And um, we had, uh, Anna, and, and Nora was there, my, my daughter uh, and my wife. And um, they came to the front and obviously Nora's like, oh, daddy's doing something interesting and fun. I'm going to go and stage invade. So uh, I ended up sitting down with her on my knee, bouncing along to a beat on the brunt, beat on the brunt, beat on the brunt with a baseball bat. And she's like bouncing up and down and, uh, uh, it actually made it onto a DLH. It's the only way I'm ever going to make it onto a DLH Fun Day video. But uh, yeah, I made it onto an edit with uh, with Nora bouncing up and down on my knee, singing Beat on the Brat, which was quite funny. She was loving it, just clapping along. She took a nasty board to the shin, actually. And that, <laughs> after that, that, and it always that's, that's a heart-stopping moment at any kind of skate. Horrible. The, the health and safety is not prevalent. Uh, and when you see a little and take a board, oh... I remember we she took it like a champ. She's 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 a tough cookie. She was all right, um, but yeah, that, that was really good fun. Um, and, and I was sober at that actually. And um, I usually um, play in a in a mask. And um, but, you know, it's the whole lucha libre um, thing that you know you put on a mask, you become you become the mask, you become somebody completely different. So it, it kind of helps. But um, I played twice without a mask i think in the entire time since like the early 2000s and both times were super weird um the first time um was was uh, we played the olympics when i was in a hip-hop band with a girl called kitty cowell and uh, we'd won the chance to play at the olympics and i went to put my mask on and they were like you, you can't play in that i'm like what <laughs> like, that's really weird. But then the second time was um, was uh, in my band Cruel Prank um, with with Dave, and um, yeah, I decided that I wasn't gonna. There was kids there, and I thought, ah, oh, this is gonna freak the kids out if I play in a mask. It's yeah. gonna be weird for them. So I thought, and, and more so for my own kid. Right. It's like, Dad, are you wearing a mask? So I um, I decided not to not to sing in a mask, and and it was. It was pretty weird, if I'm honest, but um, yeah, still enjoyed it, nevertheless. Are you, uh, are you aware of a comic from 
the states called Bert Kreischer? I'm not. Okay, so like he's. I was that pretentious, but I'm not. Uh, he. <laughs> His whole deal is like whenever he gets on stage, he takes his t-shirt off. Yeah, and he's he's a he's a portly gent, um, but like the <laughs> he can't. The idea of him performing on stage w- with a shirt on yeah. it freaks him out. He's just like he can't do, deal with I, it. Completely, yeah. I, I I know exactly where he's coming from. I take my top off and like I I won't walk around a park with my top off, but I'm more than happy. It's almost like a comedy aspect. It's like, hey, look at me, I'm a fat dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I had a really cool vest once. Uh, it was the best. It was, um, somebody, somebody just like gave it to me. It's almost like people. Sometimes people will dress me up before a gig, like bring something for me to wear. And um, I had the best vest, and it said uh, ADHD in the ACDC writing. It said uh-huh. ADHD. Highway to dot dot dot. Hey, look at squirrel. As <laughs> <laughs> we and I played in like it was like a mask of my own. It was a mask of my own face, like on a um, on like a stocking. So I pulled it over my face, but it was like kind of slightly off center. So all my features were kind of like if I'm looking straight forward, all my features were slightly looking right. Never I right, and. Uh, and 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 people were sort of like, it, is that his face? And, and like they didn't really get it. For a while, I had that on in a cowboy hat. It was pretty sick. Uh, good look. <laughs> well, safe to say you are a music fan. Yes. All right. So, uh, who's your first track by? Um, everyone's favorite. If you don't like these guys, you're wrong. And that's the Beastie Boys. All right now. I I discovered Beastie Boys because of skateboarding, not through any videos. I, I can't think of a Beastie Boy track on anyone's section, but just because the people that I was skating with all loved yeah. them. So I just got past like cassettes of like of the albums, you know, they would tape them for me. Yeah, man. What? You didn't pay good at Beastie Boys. Mike owes you some money. Oh, I don't know. I, 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 bought, I bought CDs eventually. <laughs> Ripping you. But I was, I was, uh, I, I was hooked. You know, it's like they, they were like smack dealers. You know, the first bit was free. Yeah. But. Uh, but the most popular album is their worst album, License to Will. It's like by far like their worst album, and that's the one that everybody knows. What's your favorite album? Uh, some old bullshit. That's the sort of compilation of bits yeah. and Yeah, this is where this is from. And then I think I've got I can I can look I can see the inside from where I like on on the shelf in this room. Ill communication was a massive Oh ill communication is, is like to be honest, I was I'm kind of pretentious saying saying that uh, my answer. So yeah, let's go um let's go Paul's boutique actually. Yeah. Yeah, that seems to be a strong favourite with a lot of people. Um, check your head was just amazing. Oh no, no! See, now I'm saying check your head. Yeah, check your head. Right, I'm going to stop at that. Check your head is my final answer. <laughs> the thing is, like you know, like whenever you whenever they're all good. They're all good. There's you know, there's there's, there's not a, a bad album. Um, You're right. 
So like, it was an instrumental, which I didn't really vibe on that much because I, I am a big fan of uh, lyrics, being a lyricist myself. Mm-hmm. That was the inside from way out. That was the funky sort of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bedtime music. All right. So like, so, so but this track. What does what does this track mean to you? Um. So this is a track that we um, that we've been covering. I mean. The band I'm in now is called Cruel Prank. Um, originally, um, we were called Punk Action Shotgun, uh, but we changed a few uh, big arguments with me and Dave who came up with that name. Um, we, we, we'll, we'll never know. <laughs> we're definitely drunk. Uh, when I woke up in the morning, he was like, I put this into the practice room. I'm like, what do you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and that's how Punk Action Shotgun started, but I'm sure that I came out. But, um, yeah, so we've covered this a uh, long time. Um, originally, uh, I just used to basically shout the, um, the, the, the loop over and over again, because there's two versions of it out there. And, uh, and then I re-listened to it and, and um, to get, you know, when, when we reformed as um, Cruel Prank. I was like, wow, there are so many more lyrics in this than I used to uh, than I used to actually perform, <laughs> and um, it's just a really good time, and it's definitely the song to be smash. Um, you know, it's it's one that's like, wow, that 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 went really well, um, and it's an exciting song, and it's not your average Beastie Boys song as well. No, because they uh, were they were a punk band before they were it started off as a hardcore band, yeah, like big time, um, and. And I love the fact that they've got those roots. Um, being a massive hardcore fan myself, uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much where uh, what, what it means to me. It's just a good, fun time, good memories. It's always sort of been the foundation and cemented, you know. Because obviously, when you get together, the first thing you do is like, right, let's play a couple of a couple of songs that we like, a mutual song that we like, and uh, and that was one that that. Um, definitely cemented the sound that we've got today. All right, so this is? So this is Egg Radar Mojo by the Beastie Boys. That's the Beastie Boys. Who's your next track, boy? And the next track is again a staple from um, from from what I've listened to forever, because um, I am pretty old. Uh, and that's the Pixies. Now, Pixies are one of those bands that I think is going to keep reoccurring. Uh, they've already popped up on two mixtape episodes. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't see that stopping, because I think if you if you talk to anyone who's connected to skateboarding or any kind of rock music, or, or I've got a couple of tattooists booked in yeah. for conversations, I, I, I see these guys coming up uh, often as this keeps yeah. going. <clears throat> well, they're um, they're definitely. 
were one of the more accessible sort of punk bands back in the day. If you were into alternative music, there was something that you could get your hands on mm. and you knew that you were going to like it. And they were sort of quite, um, quite prolific with how many albums they were pumping out, you know, um, and, and they were always going to be a really good one. Um, or strangely, they were one of my bucket list uh, to tick off, and it was only over the last couple of years that I actually went to see them. Mm-hmm. And oh my god, ever a band felt like they were just going through the motions. Um, and I was really upset because um, they were a band that I've always wanted to see, and and uh, yeah, they, they were class. But um, yeah. The, the live experience did taint it a little bit for me, but it doesn't take away from the fact that they make some fantastic music. So the, well, the, the, the live gig just wasn't what you hoped it was going to be? I, I, I think a lot of it was the venue. It was a very open, empty venue with super expensive beer. And, you know, it was like, can I even be bothered to walk down the front of this? Because, you know, so I kind of sat back, uh, old dude at the back, uh, watch, watching it, I, and it was and it was one of those ones. Is like, right, this is going to be an expensive taxi home, or we can go and catch the last train. And we're like, yeah, I think I'm done. Let's go get the last train home. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's a shame, really, because I do love, I do like, I do love the Pixies. I think they're amazing. It's always weird when the reality is 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 nowhere near the expectation or or, or the anticipation of what they're. Yeah, yeah, that's why some of the yeah a, a, a big venue will always ruin a good gig, in my in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah. And um, I mean, oh, it's uh, something that I'll touch upon um, later on. Um, Twenty-one years ago today, I went to see Fugazi for six pounds in TJ's. <laughs> Do you know? And you know that. That blew my mind, and, and it just goes to show. And we're very lucky with um, some of the venues that we, we still have um, in Newport, and hopefully will still be with us after all this shit. Um, we got a we, we've got La Pub, um, which is fantastic. We've got um, like some great places in Cardiff as well, Moonraker and uh, uh, Club Iverbach, the Welsh Club. Um, yeah, I guess, yeah, so hopefully they'll come out of this swinging. So, so like, if you were going to pick a venue in Wales to see the Pixies, which venue should it, should it have been? Uh, the, I mean, realistically, or, or no, no, just like, 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 uh, it's like the right venue to make the gig good? That, that's open? Yeah. Yeah, that's open. Okay, um, like, it, it would have to be La Pub. Right. You know, because you're up close and personal and sweaty. You know, there's no, there's no room. It's, it's, um, you know, you, you, ninety percent of the time you're drinking with the band at the bar beforehand. Yep. There's no like backstage. It's like not really any encores either because they, they sort of stood there like, uh, yeah, this is our last song. And then they stood there like encores, like okay, because there's nowhere to walk off to to come back on. You know, it's it's uh, it's a little bit more real. Yeah, it's not that the Pixies actually did that. They they were like, this is our last song. And it was like, more, more. Oh, that wasn't our song, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this track is? 
so uh, this is a little bit outside of the box, actually, for a Pixies fan. This is uh, Cactus by the Pixies. So that's the Pixies. Who are we listening to next? Ooh, um, so next, if you if you don't know this guy, please please find his music, listen to him. He's playing in your hometown. Go check him out. He's from Canada. Uh, his name's B. A. Johnson. Johnston. Ton, ton. I struggle with that. B. A. Johnston. Okay, now I, I you're right. Uh, I hadn't heard of them until you sent me the playlist for this and it took me a second to, to find the track but like and I was oh, because of Johnson not Johnston though right I wasn't going to bring that up but okay yes yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do it all the time so, but once I found it and listened to it I'm a yeah I saw the t-shirt man look at how good that t-shirt is that is rad, actually. <laughs> that good time. Um, but once I listened to this track, I was just like, it's it's really energetic, like beautifully rough around the edges. Yeah. I, I love the artwork on the album covers because the album cover for this is it, it's very Stranger Things, right? Yeah. Um, well, no, it's taken more from. Um, there's a lot of references on the album cover. I wish I had it in front of me, actually. It's like. Um, a lot of sort of like schlock films, like um, Ghoulies. Um, there's the Ghoulies reference on there. Um, not Goonies, Ghoulies. Then if you've ever seen that, uh, it's like a pretty, pretty sort of like little bit above a B movie, maybe a B plus movie. Yeah, uh, it, uh, yeah it's got that sort of reference. The art, oh, I wish I could remember the name of the artist. If I could go into my phone, I'd be. Oh, no, but, uh, honestly. The guy that I've spoken recently to the artist as well. Um, I'm going to get him to do some work for me. Uh, Amazing. Super good dude. Super good dude. Like, really, like, some of the stuff that he's produced. Actually, um, BA, BA has just done a, um, a book with him, a children's book called Gary the Seagull. Oh, okay. uh, Yeah, I, I recently watched it. Um, it's it's uh, available to pre order now. Um, and uh, I. Yeah, I, I recently watched him do a reading with with with, uh, with the artist, and um, really, yeah, it's awesome. I apologise to the artist now because I can't. In my, I get the head trauma from Sorry. the skateboarding, so I can't remember a lot of detail. But um, yeah, good. Yeah, really good. And such a nice guy as well. He stayed over. Um, he's coming over. He was meant to be coming over in May. I'm glad that that didn't happen now. Um, so hopefully he's coming over to tour in October. Um, and we're, we're going to get to hang out when he comes over again. Um, I speak to him a lot online still. Just somebody we, we played a gig with him. Um, right. It's quite eclectic to say the least because we are funny, but we are kind of heavy. Um, but he, he's definitely a, he's he's much a, I would call him a comedian. Well, that's he's as much a comedian 
as he is a um, as he is a musician. <laughs> so uh, you, you've got a talent for that, actually. You've got a talent for like befriending the artists that you're you, you're into. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, now the internet is a thing. Like um, everybody's like reachable, and like I, I recently I, I'm sort of fanboy out on um, on Nolan Johnston Johnson. Johnson, see now I'm getting it wrong, wrong around the other way. Um, you know, from Scram Skates, and uh, I just got him to ride for my for my wax company. Yeah, Buddy Wax, his company, really. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and um, it's so rad just talking to people and, and because people are just people, and I've always been like that. I, I, there's a few people I've fanboyed out on. I tell you, a hilarious one was. Um, was uh, Eric Dressen because it was almost like you could tell he hated every single minute of it. Like, it, it, in fact, to the point that he actually said, "Okay, we're friends now. You don't have to be like this." Yeah. <laughs> Kill the fuck. I wasn't like, aware I was being like it, but I was obviously like starstruck. But, yeah, um, I get the opposite kind of thing. Like, there, if there, if it's anyone that I really look up to. I kind of retreat a little bit, um, and even if they're like a younger guy, if they're good, yeah. if they're good at what they do, which is the reason I hold them in like esteem, I almost look like, at them like they're an older person, like they're the like they're the old. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, for sure. So Definitely. like, when you feel so much younger all the time, anyway, because yeah. you're a... the 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 only time. I held it together and didn't freak out was when uh, Eddie Izzard walked into the snowboard shop that I used to work in. <laughs> and uh, I was like, fucking hell, all right, Eddie, kind of thing. And he was just the nicest guy, but it was just, it was, yeah. I think it's maybe because it's... He so quite a few times when he's canvassing for labour. Well, <laughs> it was just like, if it, I think if it's such a surreal situation, it almost doesn't hit you. Just like, this can't be real. Life is bizarre anyway, isn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah. So how I became such good friends with BA um, was we played a show with him. It was a Tuesday night, um, which was the best thing ever because it was a Tuesday night. And um, I just remember him opening up. He just came in. It was like, just pumping like music, comes in with like a load of sparklers, trying to create something on a Tuesday night. He's like, holy shit, Newport, is it a Tuesday night? Is it a Tuesday It's like, who the fuck wants to party on a Tuesday? But, <laughs> um, and yeah, so, so it, it just went like, and like straight away, I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm a little bit in love with this guy. I'm like fanboying. I'm sort of, a, and I and I'd listened to a bunch of his tracks beforehand because that's the polite thing to do if you're playing with somebody you don't really know of. And um, everyone, and you know when like pe people who know me kind of know what I'm into, yeah. they're like, "You'd love this." And if somebody says, "You'd love this," I'm like, "I'm probably gonna love this." So I, I listen to it, and uh, so I was singing along, and uh, we had a really good time, and then it all finished. And um, 
and everybody kicked out and like the band all went home but me and him he, he had he wasn't meant to be staying at mine he was meant to be staying at somebody else's house but they kind of left him in the lurch oh, right. and i was like and i'm always a bit like wary about bringing people i don't really know back to the house since having a kid yeah. uh, you know because this house that i live in now used to be a party punk house uh, which is really weird now like you know that <laughs> it's all being sort of like tied up to the point where it's you know acceptable to have a child in here um but yeah he came back very respectful and everything very humble very very nice guy you know sort of you know spent spent time to to say hi to you know alice and and nora and um you know there was just a really nice guy but we had stayed out that night and oh my god yeah we, we were drinking shots we were drinking uh a two definitely my worst hang wednesday hangover I, i've ever had uh, it was disgusting but um yeah we ended up well like i say i, I mean <laughs> to be honest i think if he didn't want to stay in touch with me he doesn't have a lot of choice because i kind of bad <laughs> uh he's like i'm staying in touch with you and there's nothing you can do about it because you're great <laughs> all right so this track is uh very very personal to me uh this one i absolutely love this one uh, it's called my gut by ba johnston So, moving on from B.A. Johnston, who's our next track by? The next track? Uh, um, I'd be hard pushed to think that there's many people who haven't heard of The Dead Kennedys. Mm-hmm. Um, again, growing up, um, a very accessible band. Um, growing up, I didn't actually have a player, but a lot of my friends did, and... Um, I had a punk friend called uh, Lindsay, and she she's ace. And um, she was like, "I got to check these guys out." And she always used to wear a Dead Kennedys T-shirt. I was very attracted to the, the imagery that they used. Mm-hmm. And she said, "For um, uh, bedtime for democracy," and um, I've still got that, even though I haven't got anything to play vinyl on anymore because I broke uh, and, and I don't look after stuff. I really don't look after stuff. And vinyl, if you don't look after stuff and you have a child who also doesn't look after stuff, vinyl is not the road you want to go down. No. You are just throwing money after old road flare. Um, so, but I kept I kept that because it's kind of personal to me um, and it's great. But I remember, always remember her saying to me, oh yeah, it's really, it's a really cool album. It's got like a free pull-out poster in, inside it because it was a gatefold. And, um, and it had a something called penis landscape and it was just like a, a collage with loads of dicks and i was like oh amazing and i remember buying it um by going upstairs to rockaway records which uh, was owned by simon who basically is um uh, did cheap sweaty fun so most of the bands that i saw growing up were, were was because of him mm-hmm. um putting them on so a lot of you know american bands and, uh, and 
so we supported his record store and there was a guy called uh, Dean Bennis uh, who now owns the store himself similar to how I would have taken on um, freestyle from from uh, Ray and um, Dean Bennis was in an amazing band called um, the Cowboy Killers right um, he's now in a really good band called um, Bad Sam um, which yeah anyway I, I digress but I remember going upstairs and I remember getting it amazing amazing I remember taking it didn't have the cellophane on it, so I think it might have been a second because right. that's what they do. You know, they sell sort of seconds and stuff. Sorry, guy. And, uh, and I remember thinking, ah, oh, hasn't got the poster in it. Maybe they keep the posters back. So I kind of like walked out and I was like stoked. And then oh, I'm going to go back and just ask. So I went back and I was like, uh, excuse me, um, I think I think uh, this is meant to have like a, a poster in it. And he knew exactly what I meant, but he didn't have the poster. But he was like, oh, what poster is that, eh? <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, it's, uh, my, friend, my friend's got the same album and, and, and it's got a poster. Ah, you mean the poster with loads of dicks on it? Poster, eh? <laughs> 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 I was like, <laughs> I was like, kind of young, uh, kind of like, you know, I was still in comprehensive school. I'm like, oh, I want the ground to swallow me up. <laughs> and, and I, anyway, I, I ended up befriending him as well. And, and, and obviously he was part of the punk scene as well. Like, like very, very involved in the punk scene. So we got to, got to know Dean very well. So that's kind of weird because I used to look up to him as well. And uh, now he's a, a good friend. All right. It's weird. This is the second time Dead Kennedys has come up. In the last week, uh, I recorded an episode with a comedian called Rich Wilson, and he selected Soup is Good Food. Oh, very good track. Yeah. It's a, it's see that I don't listen to them as much now, and that's really strange because every time I listen to them, I'm like, these are sick. These, these, are, these are brilliant. I, and, I, you know, I listen to Jello Biafra um, podcasts. Mm -hmm. I've listened, he's, he's a very interesting one. We had to see him um, live. I remember. Um, I remember. I remember he did a spoken word, and I remember uh, there, was a, there was an old punk called Dean um, died unfortunately, um, smack overdose, and uh, and he was. And I remember him just grabbing me and my friend in a headlock in the toilets and just swinging us round, singing Dead Kennedys to us. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is, this is awesome. I love this. <laughs> Right, so this track is? So um, the track that I've chosen, uh, and it could have been one of many, um, but this is um, something that we also used to cover in my old band and used to nail it. Um, and this is Holiday in Cambodia by the Dead Kennedys. So, moving on to Dead Kennedys, who are we listening to next? So, I do apologise to uh, everybody out there who doesn't like uh, the rowdier genres of music, because um, I have kind of gone down that road, but that's what I listen to, and I'm not going to pretend it's not. Um, but the next, uh, the next, the next song is by 
one of the best bands ever, and that's uh, Fugazi. Uh, like I've I've only listened to bits and bobs of them. Um, really? Yeah, really. It's so good. But but. them or just not giving them a chance? i just not given them a proper chance because the, I've not really had anyone in my sort of group of friends that, that raved about them. But, um, really? I but, as a skateboarder, it would have been... Yeah, but like it's, it's, it's not something that's been like actively pushed at me, you know? Different, different scenes, isn't it? But, but watching, you know, did you see that Foo Fighters documentary where they spent time in loads of different cities and just did, talked about the music scene of that city? No, I didn't. Um, I do have a little bit of an aversion to the Foo Fighters. Yeah, I completely get that because they've kind of been adopted by the masses and that, that turns a lot of people off and I, I get that. But that documentary series, um, you kind of, you get how much they love music. And, yeah. and Grohl was originally a, a hardcore guy. Um, oh, yeah. Not even Jesus. And, and because he kind of came up from the Washington area, he yeah. he went into a lot of depth about the Washington music scene and the whole and, Discord. Yeah, exactly. And Fugazi like featured pretty heavily. Um, so like, even if you don't like the Foos, watch that that series. It's 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 it's, it's like a, it's like an eight parter. Um, they go like you. They go loads of different cities, and they and they record a tune for the following album in each city that's been influenced by the stuff that they've been talking about. Oh right, okay. So there's like um, there's a there's a really good documentary um like DVD series that um that um has a lot of the music on that that um has influenced me and, and I listen to called Burn to Shine, mm-hmm. um, and that's really good, and that's got like um. Uh, Fugazi on um, the the Evens, which is um, Ian McKay's new uh, McKay McKay. Never got that right. Um, n- new project, um, and and it, that's really good. And it's where they like go into a building and like everybody records one song. And the idea is that they all record one song in this building that can never be replicated again because the building is then being burnt down afterwards because they do it because like yeah so. Because that's what they do a lot in America is um, they they donate their buildings if they want to build another building because a lot of it's wood and you know wood's obviously perishable. Um, they they donate it to the fire brigade so that they can um, go in and, and you know emulate a, a scenario. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it is. But yeah, it's really good. Um, yeah, you should listen. You, you should you should try and check. I think I think they're on YouTube actually. Did you see? You did you see that uh, Discord have made their whole discography and back catalogue available for free on Bandcamp. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Oh, oh, you, you you can if you want to, you can you can donate, can't you? Is that, is that how it works? Yeah, um, yeah, so basically it's like a, like an honesty pot almost. Um, but yeah, I mean, I own a lot of it anyway, so there, there's a lot of good stuff in there. I mean, they don't, they don't like I was saying to you how hard it is to, um, how hard it was just to choose 10 songs. And I probably could have gone down the list and, and done 10 different bands from Discord. Because, yeah, that, they, they are, they are nailing it. Yeah. Well, like, but weirdly, saying that I don't know them that well, like this track, I recognized 
the second how can something be from such a punk genre and be so catchy and so sing-along the first gig we ever did as punk action shotgun was um upstairs in a student house and um it, it got br- oh, brilliant just as it finished it got bro- it got br- busted by the police and, and, and everything it was like the the best start to a punk rock career ever career <laughs> we made a penny <laughs> um Lot, lot, I, did, like, I had to like I had to Google where I'd recognised it from because I knew it had been used in a, in a skate section and the one I knew it from was a Bobby Warris section on yeah. a flick called Get Familiar that's right yeah yeah that's yeah that, uh, yeah yeah I was I was trying to figure where 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 it was on something but I knew it was going to be linked to to a skate skate to, uh, skate section somewhere um, but like I say, uh, when 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 we um, when we played that track, there were people, you know, the, the people singing it back to me. It was louder than me, coming out of me because we had these crappy little speakers, and um, it was quite beautiful to, to be honest. It was it was yeah, it, it was a hell of a moment. All right, so this is so this is uh, waiting room by Fugazi. Sing along, everyone. All right, so who's next? Okay, sticking with uh, Ian McKay, um, we've got uh, another amazing track um, by Minor Threat. Now, again, that's a band that I've never really listened to in any kind of depth, but have, I've, I've heard mentioned by skateboarders and I've heard mentioned by people on skate vids. I'm sure there's yeah. like, like a day in the life section on a 411 or something. And the so I'm, try- I'm trying to think. Is it um, oh, what Dan Wolf? Nah, it's that's Fugazi. Yeah, there's a Dan Wolf. Um, there's uh, Underexposure. That's got a. That's where that's where the Fugazi track is. Right. Ian McKay's um, Minor Threat is. I shouldn't keep calling it Ian McKay's Minor Threat. It's you know it's all over their bands. But um, yeah, I mean, they, they came way before Fugazi, but it's definitely a band I got into afterwards. Right. Okay. Um, you know, what whilst researching what where this all came from, um, and I couldn't believe that a band that I probably considered when I was quite young to be so old could sound so fresh and current. Mm-hmm. And, and it sang to me as well. I, at the time, I um, didn't drink. Right. I still don't do anything else to drink. Um, but I, I've gone back to drinking, unfortunately. But um, yeah, it, it, it definitely uh, definitely clicked a chord with me. And then um, you know, as, as hardcore sort of progressed, I was always a little. I was always the old guy in the hardcore scene, really. But you know, when 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 hardcore's always been there. It's kind of funny to, to be considered the old guy. It's like, no, I've just been into it for a time. All right, so this is? This is Straight Edge by Minor Threat. All 
All right, at this point, your playlist takes a little bit of a left turn. <laughs> right, this is a tune. I don't care what anybody says. This is a tune. Okay. And, uh, so, uh, it's kind of weird because I'm going to say who it's by and you're going to be like, well, I only know one song by him and it's obviously got to be that one. And I'm not even sure if I can name another song because I certainly don't own an album. Uh, so this next one is uh, by Vanilla Ice. <laughs> All right. Now, I, I guess at this point you would call it a guilty pleasure, maybe? I don't know if I would call it a guilty pleasure, if I'm honest, because, I mean, obviously, you, you know the beginning. Ding, 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 yeah, ding, ding, ding. Yeah, so that's sampled by Under Pressure. Do you know how bummed I am? every single time that comes on the radio and i'm like oh yeah here we go i'm gonna check out this hook while this dj revolves it Under pressure, pushing down. i'm like oh it sucks i hate the song <laughs> i'm like this is why i chose vanilla ice i obviously love this song just because how bummed i am every time it's queen and not vanilla ice Whereas the majority of people feel the opposite way. You realise that, right? Those guys are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, it's an iconic... Hey, hey, hey was Freddie Mercury in, uh, in one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle films? No. He was fighting a different battle at the time, I believe, mate. Um, but, uh, it's like, yeah, most people feel like the opposite way because that, that's an iconic baseline... In, in a Queen track with David Bowie, so it's like... Yeah, but uh, it's just not a good song. I hate it. Literally, every time, every time I build myself up, I, and I don't know why I let, let it happen to me. I'm like, oh yeah, here we go. You ain't stop, collaborate and listen. I sit back with my brand new invent. No. <laughs> I'm a uh, uh, Debbie Downer, like. So, but, but but when it comes on and it is the Vanilla Ice version, what what's the reaction? Oh, yeah. Grim. Oh, well, doesn't matter where I am. I'm singing that. I am singing that. And, and to the point where I don't know the lyrics and I sing them anyway. I, I'm not letting that stop me. <laughs> I never let it stop me and my band. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm singing that track. And, and then people will try and talk to me. And I'll be like, uh, I'm singing really Lloris in a minute. Do you mind? And, uh, yeah, no, they, they, no nothing uh, nothing gets in the way of the V-Man. <laughs> All right, so this is... So uh, you should uh, check out the hooks while his DJ revolves it. This is uh, Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice. <laughs> All right, so um, moving on swiftly from Vanilla Ice, he says, uh, who are we listening to next? Uh, next up, getting back onto uh, being a massive pretentious wanker that I am. 
Uh, the next one is uh, Big Black. Are you aware of Big Black? No, this is another one that was new to me. So are you aware of Steve Albini? Yes. Yeah, so Steve, Albi Steve Albini is the frontman to Big Black. Right, okay. Yeah, so so for all those of you who don't know, Steve Albini is like, kind of, he produced um, Nevermind's by Nirvana, and he would have produced um, he, Pixie. He, produ he produced Inutro. Did he? Yeah, he sure not? it was, it was um, Butch Vig did Nevermind. Ooh, school! They've been schooled. Uh, but but Albini did uh, in utero. Um, he did do it. Okay. And the the crazy thing about Albini is he'll never. He did do little, but he did do little pixies. I know that. Yeah, but like he he doesn't take points on people's records. So like he a lot of producers they will get a percentage of the record sales over time you know it's 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 a fraction of what the band would make or the record label would make but for a producer that's something that would normally sort of sustain you and he's never taken points on a record he as far as he's concerned it belongs to the band and he just takes like a one-off payment for the the work that he does on the record it's strange that you say that a friend a friend of mine's band um uh martini henry rifles they they went over to the states and uh, they they um they got produced by him and they said he, it was brilliant yeah you know and they, they were by no means like a big big deal um they were doing okay um actually can i completely diverse here and tell you a story about uh martini henry rifles <laughs> well, then. um so so we built this uh, ramp in a quarry and one day we all went up there and for some reason it all just went south very quick every for some reason everybody turned up walking every, this is like a struggle to get to this place but we all walked to it and we were all having beers and uh, i knew that martini henry Rifle was playing in town and, I was, and um, it was meant to be a john peel session r.o.p so we all decided to ascend into town because um it got dark at the ramp um so we all went into town to carry on drinking uh, we went to see them, and I suggested everybody goes to see them because they were, you know, one of my friends at the time, still are very good. Um, but one of the boys, I don't know why, he brought a pie tin and some custard pie. Now, my teenage rivals were like a cool band, like they were cool guys, so um, hence, you know, them going over and recording with um, with Steve Albini. Um, they didn't take kindly to my mate custard pieing him during the first song. <laughs> like, so I'm there laughing my head off, thinking, what the fuck is going on here? Right? I look round, and one of them, because I'm laughing so hard, has assumed it was me that did it. He picks up his mic stand. Which has got a massive heart, like one of those anti-topple ones. Mm. You know, it's got a really heavy, like, metal bomb, and just wow in my head, right? Hard as he can. I go, I look at him, and apparently, like, I, you know, I'm gone. I'm looking at him. I've got my eyes open, but there's blood like trickling out of my head and running over my eyeballs. And everybody's going, "Dude, you gotta go to hospital." I'm like, "No, I'm fine." It's like, "You gotta go to hospital." It's like, "No, I'm fine. Don't worry about it." Um, I had to go and get my head stitched up. I had 11 stitches, I think. Um, but 
it's quite funny. Like in the morning, I lived with at the time I lived with Jerome Lofferen, who's like a, quite a well-known um, skateboarder photographer, um, and he he came downstairs and literally just burst out laughing because I had all my head all stitched up. And I, by the time he got up, I'd already made a T-shirt that said, "You should see the mic stand." <laughs> <laughs> and he like, took a photo. So I've got a really nice photo of that actually. It's really good. But um, yeah, well, younger and slimmer at the time. But yeah, uh, that, that was funny. Anyway, back to um, back to Big Black. So, oh, actually, strangely. Um, the bassist out of that band was in Cruel Prank for a short time as well. An incestuous music well, that's, scene. There's, there's, a, there's a, a tenuous link. How did that come about? Um, so I, I still really like the band. And I think I, I ended up getting an apology off uh, the guy who hit me in the head. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, well, let's sort it like this. You know, if... if don't feel bad about it, but just let me into your gigs for free. Um, so I then made friends with, with the band, still good friends with two of them now. And um, yeah, Chris and Fudge. And uh, yeah, no hard feelings in it. Don't think it ruined my modeling career. <laughs> <laughs> so how often are they, is, how often, sorry. How often is Big Black pumping out material if it if Albini's part of it? Um, Big Black uh, aren't around now, so so um, Big Black and now Shellac. Right. So um, so Shellac is still still doing doing good music. Um, we went to see them not that long ago actually. Uh, I saw them years and years and years ago in TJ's, um, which was amazing, and I saw them not that long ago in a bigger venue in Cardiff. Um, and to be honest, they did a good job of sort of like, you know, making you feel like you were part of it, even though they were a little bit further away than they would have been in TJ's. Um, just a great band. Um, but Big Black, once again, I think I would have probably, no, no, I would have been listening to, to Big Black. Um, my friend Phil James, um, who got me into a lot of the music that I'm into now, um, gave me uh, a tape of theirs. And uh, it was a live tape, and there was like loads of really, I really like like skate flicks. Mm -hmm. I really like instantly quotable moments. Mm -hmm. Like there's like, and I was listening to, to this one bit, and it's like, um, what was it? Somebody in the crowd goes, "Play the one about fucking," <laughs> <laughs> and it goes. Steve Albini, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you tell your mama to come up to Wood Green sometime and fuck me? <laughs> and he's just loads of loads of good lines like that. Because there's always been a lot of banter in between between Steve Albini. He's, he's almost like he's quite antagonistic. He's quite venomous with what he says. And that sort of comes through a lot in his music as well. Yeah. But I think... You know, he's still a character that I'd absolutely love to meet face to face. Um, the last time I saw him, actually, it was it was kind of nice. I think there was an older crowd and it was a bit more. It was kind of two way, and it was all. I think it almost took him aback that he was he was almost jovial for him. <laughs> yeah, he's a bit of a. He does come across as a bit of a sort of curmudgeon kind of guy. Curmudgeon? They didn't know you'd think you'd be saying curmudgeon. What a wonderful word, though. I don't know. No idea what it means. 
Well, it's, it's a, 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 a dour, grumpy man. Oh, uh, yeah. It's pretty much how I understand the word. I, I think he comes across as somebody that could literally tell you off to death. Yeah. Like, like a teacher. Like, you would be like, oh, I'm so gutted. That, and, and you'd be gutted if he told you off. Like, you'd be like, I'm so disappointed in myself. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, th so this track is? Oh, so um, the reason why I've chosen this track so I come from a small town called Monmouth, which is like a border town between England and Wales. Yeah. This song, I mean, if you come from a town just similar to that and you haven't heard this song, you will be like, oh my God, this is the soundtrack to my youth. Um, you know, we used to go up and set fires, uh, you know, and, and jump it on our bikes. And we used to, you know, play, you know, th th there was always like, an element of danger that we used to create for ourselves that we probably shouldn't be doing because we weren't as uh, indestructible as we gave ourselves credit for. Um, you listen to the lyrics to this, and once again, a very, uh, very sing-alongable, like, sit around the home, stare at the walls, think of each other and wait till we die. So many good lyrics like that in it. And um, so the big black um, song which I've chosen is Kerosene. So, following on from Big Black, who's our next track by? So the next track um, is a, another disco band, and it's a, a band called Q and Not You. Now, pretty much, I was introduced to these guys through um, the um, the documentaries, which I mentioned earlier on, the uh, Burn to Shine ones. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just remember. Jerome bought them for me, I think, actually. I think it was a birthday present, and Jerome bought me one. And um, I just remember watching, and the first band that came on was just Q and Not You, and I was like, I want to be in Q and Not You. They are the coolest looking people I have ever, ever met. Just the way they moved, and I still kind of try to dance like that to this day, like very hip shaky, very shoulder jerky. Um, they were just, and the sound that they created was just something unusual. Um, I've never really been into anything with a keyboard, but I've never met somebody, saw somebody so punk rock with a keyboard before, like throwing it around. You know, and it, yeah, it, just visually amazing. And then after the visuals sink in, you're then like, wow, these sound amazing. Um, it's not a band that I play a lot, if I'm honest. But talking to you now, I think I'm going to grab hold of some. Because <laughs> I'm still a big fan of CDs. I don't really download anything onto my phone or anything like that. I kind yeah. of don't really like it. Don't really know how to, do I, Al? No. <laughs> like, I mean, cause I, I, I hadn't heard of them until you sent me the list. And it's, but I was like looking at the imagery that was like attached to the albums and the songs. 
Yes. And uh, one one of the covers had like an acoustic guitar on it, so I just immediately assumed that this was maybe going to be a little bit more of a mellower vibe. And then I right, clicked, yeah. and I clicked play and went, oh no, it's more of the same. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, but it's not like Dead Kennedys, is it? Or it's not like one no, of the darker, darker sort of. But it, it has a um, has a positivity about. And, um, yeah, I, I enjoy it. There's not really a lot to say about this band, to be honest. I don't really have a lot of background on them, other than you know they they um, they open up the first the um, yeah the first one of those album the first one of those um, documentaries. Um, I would highly recommend checking them out. On they are on YouTube. Okay, so this track is so this is uh, X Pollination Q and not you. We now find ourselves at your your last track. Um, the change last minute. Uh, yeah, yeah. You should, you sort of, you you substituted at the last minute. What were you going to put in? So I was going to uh, uh, a track by French Toast, just because I I like the story about when I went to see them again in a smaller venue in La Pub, um, and um, I think what what band was it? One of them. One of them is in Fugazi now. Or, and then the other one was in, I think, Add End to X. Right. And, um, and I remember the one guy, you know, they were very X'd up, very straight edge. And, uh, and I got to the bar and I was at the bar at the same time as, as the one guy. And I was like, oh, can, I, can I buy you a drink? And he was like, oh, yeah, man, I, ha- I have a Guinness. I was like, oh, I, th- I thought you were straight edge. He's like, ha, 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 not for like 10 years, man. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So, so, but what, but why did you, why did you change the track? What, so what, what? Well, it was kind of a strange one. I mean, like, like you say, I think um, a lot of the music that I've got is sort of followed some sort of, uh, of the same path. Um, and I wanted to finish on a banger and, this this track just will get me dancing every time. You've frozen, haven't you? No, I'm no, doing no. That again. Just you're not, frozen. Bro, you really were still then. <laughs> I was just I was just basking in in in, in the in the conversation. But in asleep there, man. But <laughs> so 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 who's this track by? Just so we can get. So uh, this track is by the beautiful Azalea Banks. Now, I think the reason this track resonates with you is because she's in like a hip hop universe, but with a punk rock attitude. Because she oh, does not so give a fuck. She done. And, and when I first heard this track, I was like, just my mind was blown, and I was like. <laughs> I like, wanted to just tell people about this. Have you, have you, heard, have you heard this track? Who are you? Go away. <laughs> well, the first time I, I heard it, 
was on like a music channel and they bleeped out all the swear words. And I was just like, all the good of it. There were so many bleeps or mutes. I was just like, I need to know what she's saying. You've watched the, you've watched the, um, you watched the video, right? Yes. It's the cutest thing ever. Yeah. Like, like for somebody who's effing and jeffing all over the shop, like literally, just so sold and just the way she comes across and the way she sells herself and the way she, um, you know, and, and the other characters that are in, in the, and, and and a dance that I can get behind as well. It's kind of like a dad dance. Yeah. But a little bit cooler. And like me and my niece, uh, Maisie, if that track's on, like we will like, find each other in a club and be like, let's go. Let's dance. <laughs> what, a, what a weird tune for a family gathering. <laughs> oh no, it's class. No, so yeah, I absolutely love this track. And um, I mean, I, I, I actually, I don't know if she's got an album. She must have albums, but I've got, um, my wife bought me the EP. And um, yeah, she, she's got more than one, one she's, not, she's more than a one track wonder. Yeah. I've got a really old, like before this track came out, I've got a really old, um, you know, the hundreds always used to bring out like cool magazines. Yeah. With like cool stickers in and stuff. I've got like three of those for some reason. And like when I heard it, I was like, sure, I've heard that name before. When I got back in the shop, like I've always got like old magazines, like just for archiving, um, just for people to flick through. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was like, yeah, there she is, Azalea Banks. And she still looks the same age. Like, I, like I, I wouldn't have a clue how old she is. Yeah. All right. So, so this is uh, th- this is finishing on a banger, and this is two one two by Azalea Banks. All right, well, look, man, um, this has been really good fun. Like, uh, I think I think I need to check in with you more often, regardless of whether I'm recording a, f- a podcast or not. It's been a real eye-opener, isn't it? And I have, like you say, have done so. Um, this has been a really good excuse to, to, to talk to you. So before we sign off or anything, like, where can people find you and your band? So, like, it, it's, so like it's, it's Freestyle Skate Shop. Freestyleskatestore.com is the um, is the website. Uh, yeah, we're still delivering locally and and, and posting out. And um, if you're kind enough to consider us, then we really really appreciate it. We'll send you a bunch of slats. That means stickers in cool world. Um, yeah, so um, we're based in Newport. Um, when all this is over, can't wait to see people again. Um, it's going to be great. Um, even though I'll probably be a bit weird for quite some time. Um, yeah, so we got that. Uh, my band's Cruel Prank. Uh, we're not very uh, good at getting ourselves out there. We do have a really, really, it's, you're, you're, it's more funny than anything. We've got um, a Facebook page, just Cruel Prank. Uh, and that's pretty good. You can watch like videos of us practicing, basically, being really bad. <laughs> but come and see us come and see us at a show sometime and uh, and, and, and you too can uh, revel in how bad we are but have a really nice time doing so alright man well look thank you very much for coming on and doing this man 
I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. I uh, hope everybody enjoys some of the tracks. Um, back to B.A. Johnston. If he's playing in your hometown, go check him out. Coming over in October. It's going to be class. Amazing. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you very much. Cheers, Mike. Have a good one. So, that concludes this week's episode. We've deliberately kept the music played below the conversation because we believe that all musicians should be paid something for what they do. So if you'd like to listen to the mixtape in full, you can find it on Apple Music or Spotify by clicking the links in the show notes of this episode. Or you can find and follow the Facebook page Mixtapes with Mike and I'll share those links on the post that announces this episode. If you've enjoyed the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would share it on your social media with anyone you think would enjoy it. It would mean even more if you would leave us a positive review on iTunes as that will help us reach a larger audience. But in the meantime, I'll see you next week for another episode of Mixtapes with Mike.